0: No one wants to sit at their 85th birthday and be remembered by someone who was just great at sitting on the couch. No one wants to sit at their 85th birthday and be like, "Dang, he was so great at scrolling Instagram. No one wants to sit there and be like, he had so many great ideas in his head, but he never did anything with them. Nobody wants that. You don't want that. I don't want that. And so knowing that's not what we want, we can use that to then inform us and in how we show up today. Welcome to the Legacy Lab, where we're all about building a lasting impact one day and one moment at a time. I'm your host, Chris Serving, and each week we have helpful conversations that'll help you craft your own legacy. So let's dive into today's episode as we make an impact on this world together. Hey, welcome back to the Legacy Lab podcast. Thank you so much for being here today, for tuning in. This is actually my second episode. and So if you haven't listened to the first, you might want to go back in and see what we mean by Legacy Lab, why I'm starting the podcast. But if you did listen, cool. Thanks for listening to episode number two. In episode number one, I mentioned how the idea of legacies really gripped my heart of late. And so I wanted to give you a little bit more backstory behind that because I really believe that many of you probably feel very similar to me. And so that's the intention of this episode. The idea of what you're building, the long game, all of those types of things will grip your heart and then that will then inform how we show up in our day-to-day, how we show up in the little bricks that we build, the way that we craft our legacy. So before we really get into the part that gripped me, I want to give you a little backstory on who I am. And so if you were to ask the people that I went to grade school with, whether I went to high school with them, whether they were my teammates in football or the people that I walked the hallways with, don't worry, this isn't like an Uncle Rico moment or anything like that. But if you ask them who Chris Servin is, they'll be like, wasn't that the dude that had that big afro? Or wasn't that the dude that could run really fast? Or or maybe there's some other things that they would say, but probably if they were trying to remember who I was, they would remember number one, that I had an afro and number two, I ran really fast. And so if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that the afro is no more. (laughs) It left me. And then if you can also on YouTube, you can see that I no longer weigh 165 pounds. And so I definitely don't have as much hair as I did. And I definitely am not as fast as I once was. But that was who I was known for a lot of times as being a sprinter. One story in particular I'll share with you is that So all my life, I was fast. I played football and soccer most of my life. played a little baseball. And one year, I got the wild idea that I was going to run track. I was going to really test my speed, see how I lined up against others that were just the only thing was running. So I was like, I don't know, maybe a junior, maybe a senior. I think I was a junior. And so I was like, I'm going to give track a try. And so I went to the track practices, I ran the races, I will say that running on a track is very different. Sprinting on a track is very different than sprinting on a football field or a soccer field. And I didn't know that. And so I went into it just thinking like, I've played sports year round, I'm probably in good shape, I probably can go handle this. And so went through the practices, but didn't really take my training super seriously that I did anything extra and things like that. So in this track season, every single time I would line up, I, w- I would be in my little track bibs, and I, I was just as white and pasty as I am now, so that was a beautiful sight as well. But I would get there, line up in the blocks, super nervous, you're waiting for that gunshot to take off, and I would run and take off and give it my all, whether it was the 100 meter dash, whether it was the 200 meter, 200 meter relay, was always super short distance. And so every single time I would run, I would give my heart out. And so then as soon as I was done, inevitably, every single race, I would go to the center in the infield and I would vomit. Like It just was not a pleasurable thing for me. I I would be sick. I don't know if it was the nerves. I don't know if it was the overexertion. I don't know if maybe it was like that pizza that they served on Fridays. Most of them were on Fridays with the... It was basically like stuffed crust but it was basically just like some string cheese and a crust i don't know what it was anyway something didn't work for me in the whole entire track season that i would give extreme effort and then i would pay the price afterwards and unfortunately those sprinter tendencies did not leave me when i got the diploma and I stopped playing sports all the time. No, I wasn't really like sprinting, which is probably why I'm not 165 pounds anymore. But in my life, most of it was identified as sprinting. I went to work and so I was like sprinting in the day. How can I get today's stuff done? When I was in school and in college, I was sprinting towards that deadline whenever we started having kids like crazy. We were just sprinting each day, just trying to survive, trying to get to the next thing, trying to do those things. And so that's mainly a tendency that I have. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that there's a time to flex that muscle. All right. Speaking of muscles, I'm built like a sprinter today. Any kind of isometric works or like if you're just sitting on the wall, just wall sits or holding a position for a long time. I guess it's high twitch muscles. Like it's just immediately my body goes to shaking for sure. At least that's what I'm going to blame it on is the high twitch muscles. I'm, let me know if that's true. Or not. But all my life have been identified not just physically, but in the way that I approach life and the way that I do things as a sprinter. And a lot of times it's been sp- exactly like it was in those races. I would run, but then pay the price afterwards, run, pay the price afterwards. And, and it wasn't until very recently that I was confronted with the <laughs> idea that there's a time to flex sprinting. But You just can't do that every day long-term. It's not at all sustainable. And so it was actually last year. I was in the process of doing 75 Hard. If you don't know what that is, just Google 75 Hard. It's a really great program. I was able to do that last year. Elizabeth is actually in the middle of doing it right now. Super proud of her. Elizabeth is my wife. But during 75 Hard, one of the things that you do is you read 10 pages a day. And so when you read 10 pages a day, you're able to get through all kinds of books. And so one of the books that I read was Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And if you know anything, if you've seen David Goggins on social or have heard him on YouTube or anything like that, or maybe even read his book, he's got a super powerful story, but he's really intense. And one of the things that he's known for is he does extreme long-distance running. And so I was reading this book and very inspired by his story and his journey from like really coming from nothing and a really difficult life to then joining the Navy SEALs after he had failed several times. He was able to pass this BUDGE training and then just how he was able to live his life and then do many like hundred mile races and things like that. And so super inspiring. And so I got the bright idea while I was reading that. I was like, I'm going to do a long distance race too, because I had always told myself the story that I was a sprinter. I couldn't do anything longer than a mile. And so I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to start training for, at that point I was training for a half marathon. And so I put it on the calendar, registered did it and and ran the race. But the thing is, it's crazy how in that process of training my body physically for running a marathon and thinking long distance and long term that I can't just sprint and run 13.1 miles that to be able to see there's a cadence and a pace in which I have to follow in order to get to the point, in order to get to the finish line, in order to achieve the goal that I had. And so it was so cool that as I was doing that physically, I was also seeing that happen in my thought process. I was able to see that in like the way that I was viewing my life and the way that I was viewing my day to day. And so at that point, I don't know if it was another book that I was reading or another thing that I was listening to, but I really began to set a date, like a hard date, like I, the goal of when I want to die. And so not that I want to die at that date necessarily. If all things go well, I want to live till I'm X number of years. And so I set that date at 85. And so for months, I was just talking about when I'm 85, when oh, I'm, I'm going to feel like this, when I'm thinking about when I'm 85 or I have all this time now, not necessarily to waste, not necessarily to just sit on my hands and just be like, I've got 50 more years But really, that also gave a sense of urgency that I'm going to go to 85, but if I'm going to get to 85, I need to change the way that I do things. I need to change the way that I see things, that they're not in a sprinter triage type thing, because that's what a lot of us live in, right? We're just running from fire to fire, from from moment to moment. My wife is having this problem, so I got to go fix it, or the child is doing this, or I got to go fix it, or I'm feeling this way, so I got to go fix it, or work has this problem, so I got to go fix it. And so while we do need to flex that from time to time, over time, if we're just running like that, then we're just sprinting from one thing to another and we don't really know where we're going. So this whole thing of becoming a long distance runner to wanting to have long distance mindset to saying 85 plus, I was then able to say, okay, now if I know where I'm going, if I know the things that really matter to me, if I know the things that I'm wanting to prioritize in my life, then there's things that I can now do each day in order to get me to that point. And that's when I really began to think about legacy. Like I don't want to just get to 85 and just be able to have the 85 balloons up and be like, wow, I'm proud of myself for being 85. No, I want to have lived a life at 85 that it was meaningful, that was purposeful, a life that ma- made an impact on others, a life that, if that's the time that I go, that will continue to impact and influence people from that point on, whether it's my children or my family or the people that I get to connect with throughout my life. And so then my thought process was, okay, if this is where I'm trying to go, then then it's a, it's a daily continual brick by brick, step by step thing that I'm going to take in order to get there. Like you don't just set the goal of running 13.1 or 12 or 26.2 or 100 miles. And just because you have the desire to do that or the goal or you fill out the registration form, it doesn't automatically get you to where you're trying to go. There's actually a lot that even happens before you get to the starting point, right? Like you have, there's some training that has to take place. There's some injuries that come in. There's some soreness. There's all kinds of different things that then get you to the race. But then even at the race, you don't just get the medal at the end because you showed up. There's, again, you have to step by step, mile by mile, brick by brick, It has to be built so that then at the end, you get where you're trying to go. And so if you feel like you're sprinting in life, if you feel like you're running from fire to fire, if you feel like you're in triage mode, if you feel like every day is the same exact day over and over and over and over again, but you don't really know where it's taking you, if you have any of those feelings, number one, Know that you're not alone. Know that there's so many of us that feel that same way. Know that it's not necessarily a bad thing, that that we are wanting to fix things, that we are wanting to build things, that we're maybe in a triage mindset for moments or for seasons. But also know that there's hope, like you don't have to feel and live that way, that we can slow the pace a bit. But we can slow it, not just to slow it so that we sit back and that we just relax and we just pull back the recliner, watch the TV, drink a bunch of beer, and then just chill. No, so that we can pull back so that we can sustainably have a cadence and a pace that's going to get us to where we're trying to go. No one wants to sit at their 85th birthday and be remembered by someone who is just great at sitting on the couch. No one wants to sit on their 85th birthday and be like, dang, he was so great at scrolling Instagram. No one wants to sit there and be like, he had so many great ideas in his head, but he never did anything with them. Nobody wants that. You don't want that. I don't want that. And so knowing that's not what we want, we can use that to then inform us and how we show up today. Yes, it may be uncomfortable to put that idea that you have out to the world. Yes, it may be uncomfortable that instead of just sitting on the couch whenever you've had a long day, going outside to play with your child. Yes, it may be uncomfortable that you may not be feeling super romantic to plan the date night with your wife. But all of those things are the things that are going to build, that are going to be those steps, that are going to be those mile markers along the way that are going to get us to where we're trying to go so that's all that i have for today we're going to continue to have conversations around like how do we define where it is that we even want to go how do we know that because that's really going to be the thing that's going to inform how we take the day-to-day steps how we show up in our life how we intentionally craft our legacy if this episode was helpful to you at all, I would love for you to subscribe. If you're on YouTube, I'd love to follow. If you're listening to the podcast, and let me know. Maybe tag me in, in, on Instagram. be super, super encouraging. But I just know for sure, I'm confident in the fact that when we show up to our lives intentionally, when we know where we're going, when we intentionally craft our legacy, we're going to show up with intention. We're going to show up with purpose. We're going to bring our strong, grounded presence to this world. And that is exactly what the world needs. They need you. They need your unique gifts. They need your special sauce. And so let's bring it to them together. Have a great day. Peace.